Support for this episode comes from Tanks and Vessels Industries. For over 40 years, TVI has been a leading supplier of new and used tanks, process equipment, and pumps to the brewing industry. It holds the world's largest selection of used stainless steel tanks in the world, all available immediately at cost-effective prices from their 52-acre Doncaster site. TVI works with hundreds of brewers, both large and small, up and down the country and across the world, creating bespoke solutions to brewing problems. Tanks and Vessels has worked hard to gain its reputation as the most trusted, experienced and professional supplier of new and used brewing equipment. To find out more, search www.tanksandvessels.com to view their expansive product range. Today, the Brewer's Journal podcast is coming to you from Rodbridge Corner in East Anglia. Draw a line between Ipswich and Cambridge, and Rodbridge Corner is close to the middle. While you might not have heard of this village, you most probably have heard of Needlegate Brewery, which has been making award-winning beers for 34 years. We're being joined today by General Manager Rob Crawford and Head Brewer Ian Carson. Hello, I'm Ian. And hello, I'm Rob. And I'll start with Ian. Ian, any brewery that's been around for 10 plus years these days has gone through changes, let alone 34 years. In some ways, Neathergate could be described as a Phoenix brewery that's risen from the financial ashes more than once and has come back stronger each time. Uh, could you give us a history of Neathergate? Yeah, sure. Um, so there was uh, two friends drinking in a local pub and they they thought they could make better beer, basically. So they... There was a financial guy and a uh, microbiologist, Dick Burge and Ian Hornsey, and they started making uh, what we have now, Suffolk County. It was called Nevergate Bitter back then. Uh, they brewed that for a couple of years and then added a couple more beers to the to the range and just kept growing from strength to strength. Uh, decided to move to new premises in 2005, moved to Pentlow, which is about three miles away where we are now. Uh, and then... Dick wanted to retire, so he he, tried, he sold up. Uh, the, the company went through some bad changes, uh, went into some problems, and then the, the guys that own it now bought bought the company, uh, and we moved to where we are now in uh, Long Melford or Robridge Corner. Okay, um, to give listeners a feel for the brewery, because I got to admit, I was surprised at how much bigger it is than what I was expecting. What are your production figures? You have four core beers, three other which are uh, regularly available, and you have a selection of seasonal beers. Uh, yeah, so we are right under the the uh, limit of the 5,000 hectolitres a year, um, but our brew length is 35 brewer's barrels, uh, and we'll brew on average probably three, three times a week throughout the year. Uh, we have yeah, the four the four core beers that we say, and then the three regulars, but then we do uh, uh, yeah, all the different seasonals, and we try and try and fit all sort of styles and tastes, really. Do you, um, I mean, is it mostly bottled, canned, or does it go out in cask, or? Um, I, wouldn't, I, I don't know the breakdown exactly, but we we do mainly cask, and then we do, yeah, bottling of all the, all the permanents, and then we mix the, the mix the specials up in the bottle as well. So two or three specials will get bottled a year as well. And then we've just started a trial to do some cans. So we've done two cans and we're looking to do two more. So 
Do you do the canning on premises or? No, so bottling and canning both offsite, but we do all the brewing here. We recently added a lager to our range. We brew that on site, but it gets kegged offsite as well. So. And you sell quite a bit on premises. Yeah, yeah. So um, we do a load for our tap room that we have on on site. Uh, we always have eight, eight or nine beers on in there, so we, we do quite a lot, quite a lot of uh, output there. Okay. Um, in looking at your beers, you have two porters, Old Growler, which has been around pretty much since day one, and Umbel Magna, uh, which is based on a 1750s recipe. I mentioned these two because they're your your strongest beers, and they're at a five percent ABV. Most are three point five to about three point eight percent ABV. As a brewery, did you make a conscious decision to make beers which are towards the low alcohol range, or did it just happen? Uh, it it sort of just happens, but you uh, pub, pubs will want um, like your standard standard session ale to be around sort of. 3.5 to 3.9. When I go to a brewery, I always look for something that sets them apart. And in either gate, uh, you're doing numerous things that you're definitely different from most breweries that I've seen. The first stands out to me is that you created here a, a beer destination, which reminds me of um, a lot of the breweries I see in San Diego. You want people to come by the brewery and to enjoy themselves. When we were down, tucked away in Pentlow, we uh, we really didn't have many people knowing where we were. You could go down a mile down the road and, and no one really knew of Nethergate or where we were located. Uh, and the, the varying serving quality of pubs meant that not everyone tasted the beer how we wanted to serve it. So we thought having a little tap room that we serve beer from our direct from our bar where we can control the quality means that people know what Nethergate beer should be like and have a, a quality drinking pint uh, which they don't always get in some of the pubs um, and we, we, we situated ourselves between two um, little villages um, there's Long Melford and a, the slightly larger Sudbury um, so we, we're, we're in a little throughput where we, we get lots of people past the door so we wanted some parking so people could come and stop and take beer away with them so they can come and have a pint and, and take some away when they when they go. Well Ian you and I were talking about this before and in looking at Google and looking at beer reviews and there, uh, you can almost draw a line. If people have their beer here, they give you really high reviews. If people are drinking your beer at a pub, oftentimes the reviews are pretty low. Uh, I mean, what are your feelings about that? It's, it's quite frustrating um, as, as a brewer that um, you can't always control the quality. Cask Ale is, is a natural product that um, changes and it all relies on the landlord to look after it and serve it in the best way possible. Uh, the pressures on landlords to, to supply uh, a, a wider range of ales means they sometimes keep the product on far too long, which means that the quality suffers over time. Um, we, we have the luxury that we, we produce the beer here. We can control that quality, which means that um, the, there's no variables. Now, I notice here, you besides having a tap room, I can make beer if I want to. I mean, you had two different levels. One was pretty serious. Um, the other was not as serious. Has there been a demand for this? Yeah, yeah, we get lots of people. Um, Ian loves the day with the brewer because he, uh, he gets to show people what he does and how he does it. Um, it seems to be the most favorite one where they can come and um, just spend a day shadowing our head brewer and following him around, seeing what he does, and he can explain what they do and, um, and, and they can get involved as well. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a big impact on it. They, they love to know how people do it in, uh, in the corporate world because there's a lot of home brewers out there that, that brew in their garage like you know a lot of people that start out in this industry do and they like to see how it's done on a commercial basis 
I noticed in San Diego, when you go to a lot of the breweries, you'll see numerous food tr trucks out there. Um, you've had one, sells macaroni and cheese. Uh, have you thought about expanding this out a bit? Yeah, the, the macaroni cheese has become a bit of a favorite uh, locally on the Friday night. Um, they come down and have a have a beer and macaroni cheese and, and stay and have an enjoyable evening. Uh, we do struggle at the weekends to find a, a food truck that will um, come at the weekends because the Generally, the weekends they go to larger events where they can guarantee trade and things like that. So it's it's an, uh, something we'd like to do, um, and we, we may look to be doing it ourselves in the in the, in the next couple of years because um, the the food does help here. It, you know, it helps um, people have a pint and a uh, and a bit of food. We do we do sort of scotch eggs, pork pies, and sausage rolls, but it, it doesn't always cut it on a Saturday afternoon. So uh, we, we are looking at other options as available for food here. Tacos, buddy, you need tacos. <laughs> That's going to bring the crowd in. Um, I was talking to a, a bottle shop in London uh, a couple days ago, and I told them where I was going, and it was just like, neither gay, neither gay. Oh, yeah, we used to stock their beers. I haven't seen them for a long time. Did you make a conscious decision to uh, almost to retreat inwards and not to try to sell beer to the whole nation? Well, um, in the, the period when... Um uh, Dick Burge sold out the business. There was a, a group of shareholders who wanted to drive the the brand nationally, and um, they 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 tried pushing hard all of the products in bottle and in cask. And um, we, as a business, have decided to make us a, a, a more regional and a local brewer, and and focusing on um, people who know us. So you know we're we're in a, a public facing um, premises, so people know where we are. And it, when you're trying to compete against in a tough market. You you want to be known for your locality and, and, and people know you. Whereas in London, there's, there's a vast amount of people doing the same thing. The margins are tight because there's lots of people down there. They don't have to ship it quite so far as we do. Um, so we're trying to make a, our business a, a financially viable um, business uh, uh, rather than just trying to sell it everywhere and anywhere. Is it working? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the, 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 the margins we're getting nowadays are, are far better than we've ever got before. And the business is in, is in great shape. I mean, your tap room, how, how important is that for the company? To be honest, the, the tap room has been fundamental to what we've done over the last five years. Um, we were never sure quite how um, people were going to use us when we set this tap room up, but um, it's exceeded our expectations. I mean, it's, if we only had video, it's, you have a really lovely setup here. And you have the tap room, you have wines, you got local gins, you have all your beers, you have a couple seats out there, then we're kind of in the lounge area. Then looking outside, there's a huge grassy field, farmer's field, uh, picnic benches. I mean, you have a really nice destination here. Yeah, well, that's what we want to create. We want to create a place where people can come and enjoy beer. And we only have our beers on, but we have like a, a range of six or seven beers, sometimes eight or nine, depending on the time of year and um, the, the beers we've got available. So we like to pr produce a good selection of our own ales. We, we're not like a normal pub. We don't sell a vast array of gins, wines and uh, and all that. We have a wine, we have a gin and tonic, but it's mainly focuses about the beer. Now, I've been trying to think of how to phrase this without sounding offensive. But I guess the best way to say this is, a brewer once told me, he said, brew with your heart, but keep your eyes on your wallet. I've been to a lot of breweries, and to be honest, many seem to be run by the seat of their pants. Neither great brews beer, but you also see yourself as a business. Indeed, yes. Um, you know, we have shareholders who we we uh, we have to report to, um, and these guys are, are good businessmen, and they want a good business. Um, 
we have the creativity of a, a decent head brewer in Ian who um, has some um, lovely creative ideas. And I think you need that creativity within brewing because um, not all businesses run by accountants are the most creative. Uh, we're known for being a bit more uh, prudent in our approach. So um, the, the balance of a creative mind and uh, someone keeping close um, watch on the purse strings means that we've got a, a really nice balanced business. I mean, you, you, you just kind of joked about that, but... You know, as a general manager, you don't fit into a lot of the roles I see. I mean, you are an accountant, and I mean that not offensively, but that I, I have relatives who are accountants and that. But most breweries are run, especially the size, are run by brewers. I mean, has that been a hard match for you to, to fit into this? No, no. I, I used to brew in my garage, so I've, I've kind of known about um, brewing and, and had a passion for it. And I think when you have a passion for a business, no matter what your, your background is, if you've got that passion for it, you want to make it work and you want to make it do the best it possibly can do. So you, you, you adjust slightly. And I'm not generally the most typical accountant there is. People ask me from time to time how you get into brewing. And... Um, and Rob, do you see yourself as an example of how somebody can get into brewing without a brewing background? Yeah, definitely. You know, there's lots of roles within um, brewing, not just the making of beer. Um, I, I must profess that my, my home brewing wasn't the best um, home brew there ever was. Uh, but, you know, I can contribute to this business in a slightly different way. And, you know, there's lots of social media roles out there now. Social media seems to be a massive part of um, brewing and, and getting your brand and name out there. So, you know, there's many different roles within, within the job and um, you can be part of it. You know, we all taste beer. Everyone who works here loves beer and has input into what we do, uh, whether it's the designing and tasting and um, creating of our product and brand. You know, it, everyone gets involved with it. You mentioned shareholders. Are they pretty active or pretty inactive? Uh, that, that's an interesting one because we, ha we have um, a, a number of core shareholders, but um, our brewery taproom became so popular. We had a membership scheme to our to our tap room so you can become a member and get discount uh, and we were were funding the purchase of this site and offered out to those um, members to see if they wanted to become um, smaller investors a bit like the the bigger guys of Brewdog did to try and gain finance and so we have uh, in the region of 200 uh, smaller shareholders who um, helped support us because there was an awful lot of people showing an interest in um, being part of Nethergate because everyone has a big passion about beer. Normally, when I think of shareholders, I mean, I look back at some of the other companies I worked for, and what they wanted was they wanted profits at the end of the year. They, they could care less what happened to the company. They could care less what happened to the product. All they wanted was that, you know, ching-ching at the end of the year. Are your shareholders like that, or do they mostly care about the product? To be honest, they've been in this business, uh, you know, we've run this for six years now, and um, they love being part of the brewery. They love the little brewery. They love owning a brewery. You know, there's a lot of kudos to be said for being part of a brewery because there is a lot of love for beer, and it's one of those industries which has a passion around it, which is beyond the actual um, business itself. And I think that means that there's a lot of people that just love being part of a brewery. Ian, let me ask you this. You got to put your hand on your heart when you answer this. Of course, you'll probably be fired. But have you ever been told, I mean, if you came up with an idea for a beer and you were looking at, at the grain or the hops or any ingredient and you thought, you know, this will taste good, but I really need this, which is a bit more expensive. Have you ever thought that somebody was looking over your back and telling you, no, don't do it? Uh... 
No, no. Rob and uh, the shareholders have been uh, brilliant, really. Anything that I've needed and gone to them with, they they get. Um, so it's been it's been great. Um, we they it, like I say, any 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 ideas I come up with, they sort of just give me free reign. So I, I can kind kind of do what I want. Um, but no, they've been brilliant. So. And again, if this was video, you could see Ian does have his hand directly over his heart when he was saying that. Um, in what probably seems like a million years ago to Neathergate back in 2012, a new management team took over and they hired JDO Brand Design to help change the identity of the brewery. The report is online and it really makes for some interesting reading. What I took away from it was that Neathergate had very, very clear objectives of what they were expecting the marketing objectives to achieve, and the brewery met them all. Is having objectives part of your yearly planning? Of course, we always um, have a plan of where we want to drive the business. If you don't have focus and uh, a plan, you, you, you're a scattergun approach and you can't focus on the running of an effective business. Um, you've got to have a, a, an idea of where you want to sell your beer and what you want to be and who you want to be before you can create a business. I mean, I, have you looked at that report ever? Uh, I have. It was a number of years ago, um, but uh, yes, I did read it, yes. But it is pretty amazing because there were quite a few things that were listed and you think... You know, good luck achieving this. Every single goal was achieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, a, it was a number of years ago, but we, we, we've changed this business um, from where it was to where it is now. But it, we've gone back to our roots because when we started out in Clare, we were a little brewery in a little village where everyone knew the beer. Everyone came in on an evening and had a, a drink with the brewer. And, and you can do that now. Uh, last night I came down um, and Ian's sitting there with a number of regulars having a, having a drink and having a chat over a, a, one of our beers. And you can still do that now. So whilst the business has changed, we're still back to our roots of where we started out back in Clare, where everyone loved us. Oh, what do you see Neathergate being at the end of 2020? Um, we're going to continue progressing what we're doing. Uh, you know, we're, we've got a solid, stable base of what we're doing now. We're creating some really good beers. Our, our venture is created about uh, just over a year ago, and that's a 3.7 amber, and that's sailing away. It's one of our best-selling beers now. So we're creating some good products. We're driving the the online the the, the location destination here we've got the shop and bar and uh, we're focusing on our local trade supporting our local pubs and trying to um, give them the best quality product we can do have you ever thought about opening up a small restaurant here um to be honest we're, we're brewers we make beer um it, it's it's not been our main focus um it may be in two sort of two to five years plan to to do something like that um but currently uh we're not really looking to do food we're, the mac mac and cheese van that makes fantastic mac and cheese and they do it in, in so many different formats they turn up on a friday night it, it's it's low hassle for us but creates an option which means that um a, another business can benefit from what we do here what do you think the biggest challenges you'll be facing this year? Um, the biggest challenge, you know, we're in a, a slightly rural location. Um, the drink drive laws are putting pressure on people to not drink so much, um, which means that the, the little village pubs do suffer. Um, I think there's an awful lot of pubs that are closing uh, regionally, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. We've got a lot of little brewers out there and um, a declining pubs, so um, it's just got to be the best we can be to, to try and be better than the others. I'm going to ask both of you this. Um, you know, both of you have been here for some length of time. If you could look back on that day that you started, 
to now, I mean, what advice would you given yourself back then? Uh, I'd probably say um, never, never give up. Really, I I started twelve years ago, and uh, last year I was made head brewer. You know, and all all that hard work, it was sort of it paid off. So yeah, just keep going at it. Really, do you think um, university training or schooling or brewing training? Uh, so that's something that we are pushing on with this year. Uh, me and one of the other team members, we are, we're going to do some some uh, tests and papers and stuff to, to get some actual like schooling behind us on it all. But I uh, I learned by doing uh, off two really good brewers. So uh, I, I have no how. I just I don't have the certificate to say I can. <laughs> but you know we don't we don't we still make good beer. So well, as I came in as an accountant. Um, Moving towards general manager was um, a bit of a leap of faith for the for the managers, uh, directors of this business. So, um, you know, you, you just get stuck in. It's a business where um, you know the, the general manager can be um, helping out fill boxes of beer at Christmas time. You know, you, you just gotta um, you gotta realise that in a in a small business uh, uh, in this kind of industry, you just gotta get stuck in and enjoy it. To be honest, because it's a, it's a fun industry. We got customers staring at us right now. Um, so I'm going to wrap this up. A big thanks to Rob Crawford, Ian Carson, and the team at Nethergate Brewing for hosting the Brewer's Journal podcast today. A thanks to our sponsors, sound guru Ross McPherson, publisher John Young, and to you, our brewing compadres. This has been Vela Mitrovich for the Brewer's Journal.